This is BBC Seven. Now then, if you've been listening to BBC Seven's Crime and Thriller Hour recently, you'll have heard the adventures of Paul Temple with Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury. And if you enjoyed that, I can guarantee you're going to be glued to your radio for the next four hours because you're about to hear all eight episodes of a Paul Temple mystery, originally broadcast in 1947, but earlier this year it was given a brand new lease of life in a new production on Radio 4. I say new, but in fact it was just about as authentic as you can get using the original 1947 script script, mono microphones, original music and sound effects. It's called Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery and it went down a storm back in the autumn. And now's your chance to enjoy it for the very first time here on BBC Seven. And even better, in between episodes we're going to be hearing from the series producer Patrick Rayner who joins me in the studio. You're very welcome Patrick. Thank you very much. Tell us how, how this all came about, this production. In traditional style over a lunch, actually, <laughs> in Edinburgh during the festival. And uh, BBC Worldwide, the radio collection, having had such success with the Peter Cook, uh, Marjorie Westby versions that exist, uh, having sold a lot of those and then being very popular on BBC Seven as well, suddenly decided it wouldn't be nice if we did one of the, the missing ones that either weren't recorded or have been lost in the post between here and uh, Australia, mm. in one case. So they decided they'd ask me to uh, have a go in doing one. And... Uh, in order to afford it, we involved Radio 4. Nice to know that BBC Seven had a bit of influence there as well. Any reason for this particular story, the Sullivan mystery? Well, I've read an awful lot of them in the archives. Most of them are there. And this one almost was at the top of the pile. It was one of the first ones we read, and it seemed uh, lively. Also, unusually, it's set abroad. Uh, most of them are set in the home county. This one particularly is set, set abroad, which is nice and exotic. So uh, we thought we'd go for this one. OK, well, let's get started. Here comes episode one. Another action-packed adventure is about to begin for Mr and Mrs. Mrs. Temple as they pack their bags for a trip to Cairo. We present Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve in Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery, a serial by Francis Durbridge. Episode 1, Having a Wonderful Time. Charlie? Yes, sir? Did you pack the flask? It's in the zip, sir. Have you nearly finished, Charlie? Yes, everything's packed, Mrs T. I've only got to close this case and then you're all set. There you are. Where's the hat box? Oh, it's in the bedroom. And Mr. Temple's valise? <laughs> There's the app box in the bedroom, the brown leather case in the hall, the uh, small... Wasn't that the doorbell? Sounded like it. See who it is, Charlie. OK. Did you pack my diary, dear? Uh, yes, it's in the valise. Good. Well, we're nearly ready, Steve. <laughs> At last. This case seems awfully heavy, Paul. Do you think it'll be all right on the plane? Of course it'll be all right. <laughs> Don't worry, don't fuss so much. <laughs> By <laughs> Timothy, what a woman. <laughs> Excited? Nervous. What are you nervous about? What do you think I'm nervous about? Flying, of course. My dear Steve will enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> and once we get to Cairo, you'll have the, the time of your life. There's a Miss Raymond would like to see you, sir. Miss Raymond? Yes, sir. To see me? Well, that's what she says. Do you know anyone called Raymond? No. What does she want, Charlie? I've told you, she wants to see you. Yes, I know that. There used to be a girl, Raymond, on the Daily News. 
Don't you remember? She did the society gossip. Tall, rather good-looking, blonde. That's the party. All right, Charlie. Ask her in. Okay. Joyce Raymond. Yes. Yes, I remember her. What on earth does she want, I wonder? Miss Raymond, sir. Come in, Miss Raymond. It's awfully sweet of you to see me. Hello, Mrs Temple. How are you? It's ages since we met. I'm very well, thank you. I'm awfully sorry to drop in on you like this. I'm sure you must be frantically busy. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, we are. We're leaving for Bournemouth in half an hour, and on Thursday morning, we're off to Cairo. Yes, I know. I saw the write-up about you both in last night's paper. As a matter of fact, that's why I'm here. I'm afraid there's no mystery attached to our trip, Miss Raymond. I'm simply going to Egypt to get data for a new book I'm writing. <laughs> but I'm not here for a story, Mr Temple. I left Fleet Street ages ago. Then why? I want you to do something for me. I hope you won't consider it a colossal impertinence, Not but... at all, but what is it exactly? I have a cousin in Cairo. His name's Richard Sullivan. He works for the Trans-Eurasian Oil Company. Richard was over here about six weeks ago and... Look, to be perfectly frank, we had rather a night out together before he sailed. The poor darling lost his glasses. <laughs> and now I suppose you've found them and uh, you want us to take them to him. Oh, you're a thought reader, Mr Temple. <laughs> yes, I, I found them this morning and I'd be terribly grateful if you would take them. I keep getting the most frantic cables. <laughs> we'll do that with pleasure. Oh, it's really most awfully kind of you. If you give me the glasses, Miss Raymond, I'll put them in my handbag. Here you are. Thank you. I'll send Richard a cable. He'll probably meet the plane. Well, we're staying in Bournemouth for two days, so we shan't be in Cairo till sometime on Friday, but don't worry. We'll see Mr Sullivan get some, all right? Oh, it's really most awfully kind of you. I'm terribly grateful. Think nothing of it. Well, bon voyage. I hope you have a wonderful time. And thanks again. Now, let me see, sir. Mr and Mrs... Temple. I've got your letter here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Oh, yes, sir. You're staying two nights, leaving on Thursday morning. Would you register, please, sir? Yes, of course. Mr Armstrong's arrived, sir. Mr Armstrong? Oh, yes. Room 321. Room 321, sir. Thank you. You get the key from the old porter, sir. I'll have your things sent up straight away. Thank you. Oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> That's quite all right. Room 322, Mr Temple. Thank you. Three nineteen, three twenty, three twenty-one. Here we are, darling. Three twenty-two. Uh, I'll I'll take the valise. Oh, okay. Why? This can't be right. It, it it's a single room. Well, it's three twenty-two. Oh, they've probably given that other man the double room by mistake. Yes, they must have. There's someone coming. Uh, I beg your pardon, but uh, the young lady at the desk told me to tell you she'd made a mistake. Apparently, I'm in 322 and you're in 321. Oh, we thought something like that had happened. Here's your key. Thank you. Yours is in the door. Oh, thanks. You're just next door? Yes. Come along, Steve. Would you like some more coffee, Steve? No, thank you. Tired? Hmm. A little. Still, we can sleep in tomorrow morning. Yes, and make the most of it. We shan't be able to sleep in on Thursday. Where do we go through the customs? At pool? Yes, shouldn't take very long. And then what happens? 
Well, after the customs and the currency checkup, they take us out of the flying boat. And then we really start. Yeah. <laughs> and then we really start. What would you like to do tomorrow? Well, if it's a decent day, I thought we might have a ride over to Sandbanks and go for a sail. Yes, that would be rather nice. Ready, Steve? Yes, I'm ready. Right, let's go up. Have you got the key? Yes, it's in my handbag. Here. Thanks. I do hope it's a decent day tomorrow. It'll be quite a change to take a boat out again. Our friend next door seems to be pretty head up. We'll send for him again. I wouldn't have believed this could have happened in a respectable hotel. Hello. What seems to be the trouble? My goodness me, you've had a narrow squeak, my friend. You can thank your lucky stars in no mistake. What do you mean? Just look in here. Just look at my room. Look at it. By Timothy. What happened? What's happened? What's happened? Why, the room's been ransacked. That's what's happened. Just look at it. When did this happen? Well, it must have happened while I was having dinner. The room was perfectly all right when I left it. Just look at that suitcase. They must have ripped the thing open with a razor. Have they taken much? Well, they haven't taken a thing. That's the extraordinary part about it. I just can't understand it. I left a pair of cufflinks on the dressing table. Gold cufflinks. They're still there. Look. You don't think it's a practical joke? A joke? Well, it's certainly not my idea of a joke. No, nor mine either, Mr... Uh, uh, Armstrong. Victor Armstrong. How long are you staying here? Only for the one night, thank the Lord. As a matter of fact, after this muck-up, I'm not so sure I shall stay here the night. Are you quite sure they haven't taken anything? I've told you. They haven't taken a blessed thing. Not so much as a pocket handkerchief. I just can't understand it. Paul, I wonder if our room's all right. Good Lord, yes. Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> We'd better go and have a look. Ah, well, that's all right. Everything is just as we left it. Thank goodness. It's rather odd, isn't it, about that room, I mean? If Armstrong was telling the truth and they didn't take anything, then whoever broke into that room must have been looking for something in particular. Something which Armstrong either knew nothing of. Hello? Mr. Temple, sir? Yes? This is the hall porter. There's a gentleman to see you, sir. Inspector Fowler. Inspector Fowler? To see me? Yes, sir. The police inspector? Yes, sir. Where is he? I've asked him to wait in the lounge, sir. Yes, all right. Tell the inspector I'll be down straight away. Oh, do you know Inspector Fowler? Uh, personally, I mean. Yes, sir. He's been to the hotel several times, sir. He's from the Bournemouth CID. Oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Who was it, darling? Well, apparently there's an Inspector Fowler wants to see me. He's in the lounge. Do you know him? No. I've never even heard of him. Well, what does he want? Hmm? I said, what does he want? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Let's ask him. I'm sorry to disturb you at this time of night, Mr. Temple. That's all right, Inspector. Oh, this is my wife. How do you do? How do you do, Inspector? Well, what can I do for you? About half an hour ago, I had a telephone message through from Scotland Yard, from Superintendent Cleaver. I know Cleaver. He's an old friend of mine. Yes, sir. He asked me to contact you and to make inquiries concerning a Miss Raymond. Miss Raymond? Yes. What exactly is it you want to know about Miss Raymond? We want to know everything, sir. 
Yes, I know, but... Uh... We've reason to believe that Miss Raymond visited you this afternoon at your flat in Half Moon Street. Is that correct, sir? Quite correct. Had she an appointment? No, the visit was, to say the least, unexpected. Look here. Has something happened to Miss what Raymond? What do you mean, sir? The visit was unexpected. I mean that both my wife and I were very surprised when she turned up at the flat. Miss Raymond isn't a friend of ours. She's barely an acquaintance. She'd read that we were flying to Cairo, and she asked if we'd deliver these uh, spectacles to a friend of hers. Apparently, he lost them in London about six weeks ago. And what was the name of this friend? Oh, what was it, darling? Richard Sullivan. Oh. He's with the Trans-Eurasian Oil Company. I see. May I see the glasses, Mrs. Temple? Mm. Thank you. Hmm. They appear to be a perfectly ordinary pair of spectacles. Is there any reason why they shouldn't be? Mr. Temple, shortly after she left your flat this afternoon, Miss Raymond was murdered. <gasps> she was shot dead, just as she was getting into a taxi on the corner of Half Moon Street. Who shot her? We don't know. And the person who did it got clean away. Frankly, we haven't the slightest idea whether it was a man or a woman. Motive? Well, it doesn't appear to have been a motive. Miss Raymond didn't ask you to deliver anything else to Mr. Sullivan. A letter, perhaps, or... No, nothing else. Was there a case for the glasses? No. Inspector, you surely don't think that these spectacles have got anything to do with... With what, Mrs. Temple? Well, with why she was murdered. What's your opinion, Mr. Temple? Well, as you said yourself a moment ago, they appear to be a perfectly ordinary pair of spectacles. Mm-hmm. Look here. We've got a man down here called Warrender. He was with MI5 during the war. I'd rather like him to see these glasses. If there's anything peculiar about them, he'll ferret it out. Well, that's all right by me. As a matter of fact, I should prefer it. When are you leaving? We're flying from the BOAC base at Poole on Thursday morning. Good. I'll get these to Warrender tonight and contact you tomorrow. If the report's negative, there's no reason why you shouldn't deliver the spectacles to Mr. Sullivan as arranged. Right. Now, would you like a drink, Inspector? Well, that's very kind of you, sir. But may I have a whiskey and soda? is the idea. Did you hear it? Yes. What is it? I don't know. I've heard it before several times. Listen. Paul, what is it? Where's it coming from? It sounds to me as if... Wait a minute. Put the light on. Paul, someone's in pain, in terrible pain. Yes. Pass me my dressing gown. Where's it coming from? Next door, from Armstrong's room. You stay here, Steve. No. Don't be silly, darling. I'll be back in a minute. I'm coming with you. Listen. You're right. It is from next door. Come on, darling. I don't know what you think, Paul, but I've got a feeling that... Oh, there's someone coming out of the room. No, it's the room on the other side of 322. Oh, oh yes, so it is. They must have heard it, too. I'd say... Uh, I beg your pardon, but do you hear that noise coming from 322? Yes, as a matter of fact, we've been listening to it. Well, so have I. Whoever it is, the poor devil's obviously pretty ill. I don't know what you feel, but I really think we ought to do something about it. Well, the room's occupied by a man called Armstrong. Oh, do you know him? No, not exactly. I've spoken to him, that's about all. Well, I really feel we ought to see if he's all right, don't you? Yes, I do. Shall I knock? 
Yes. Well, that's odd. What's that you've got, Steve? Hmm? Oh, I, I just picked it up. It was near the door. It looks like a lozenge of some sort. A peppermint. Yes, that's what it is, a peppermint. I say, this is rather odd, isn't it? You think it'd at least answer. The door's unlocked. Well, where's the light? It's all right. I've got it. Why, there's no one here. The room's empty. But there must be someone the here. We heard them. The bed hasn't been slept in. I say, I just don't understand this. If the bed hasn't been slept in, then how the devil... What are you looking at? Paul, what is it? The wardrobe. Look at the door of the wardrobe. <gasps> it's blood. Get it open. Get the wardrobe open. Quickly. <gasps> Good Lord, it's a girl. And look at her. Look at her face. She's been beaten up. Oh, Paul. Steve. Do you see who it is? What? Oh! Why, it's the girl who came to the flat. Joyce Raymond. Pass the marmalade, Steve. Look here, Steve, you mustn't be silly about this business. You've got to eat some breakfast. I can't. I'm not hungry. Well, drink your coffee. Come on. What happened to Armstrong? Did you find out? Yes. He apparently checked out last night soon after we spoke to him. I rather gather he had a row with the manager. He was certainly all set for one. Then he never actually stayed here? No. The room was supposed to be empty. Oh, by the way, that young fellow we met last night... He's in the same boat as us, or rather the same flying boat. He's on his way to Egypt. Oh. Paul, is this business going to make any difference to us? In what way, dear? I mean, are we still going to Cairo? But of course we're going to Cairo. I've got to go, you know that, darling. But what about the inquest? I've been on the phone to Sir Graham. Don't worry about the inquest. In any case, we've made a detailed statement to Fowler. There's nothing else we can do. Come along, darling, eat some of that toast. You know... I still don't understand about Joyce Raymond. The inspector said that she'd been shot. Joyce Raymond had a sister called Lydia. Lydia was apparently watching our flat yesterday afternoon when Joyce delivered the spectacles. After her sister had left the flat and we departed for Bournemouth, Lydia made her way to the end of Half Moon Street and hailed a taxi. It was then it happened. You mean that it was Lydia Raymond that was shot in Half Moon Street? Yes. The police checked all the houses in the street, and naturally, when Charlie told them that a Miss Raymond had paid us a visit, they jumped to the conclusion that it was Lydia. Actually, they knew nothing about Joyce. I see. Paul, why do you think they were murdered like that, both of them? But do you think those glasses have got anything to do with it? Or is it simply a coincidence that they... Oh, here's the inspector. Good morning, sir. Good morning, inspector. Good morning, Mrs. Temple. Good morning. I'm sorry to interrupt your breakfast, but uh, I brought these back. Oh, the glasses? Yes. Warren has examined them, sir. He's made a pretty thorough examination of them. Well? He's quite convinced that they're just an ordinary pair of spectacles. You mean they haven't been tampered with? No, sir. Not in any way at all, sir. Well, in view of what's happened, what do you want me to do with them? 
We'd like you to deliver them to Mr. Sullivan, sir. You're wonderful. Why? I never knew you could handle a yacht. Oh, this is only a glorified dinghy. I'm very ignorant. Look out, don't touch that rope or you'll have us over. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> Enjoying it? Enormously. Ah, and you're the girl that didn't want to come. Yes, <laughs> I know. But I felt so depressed. That business last night upset me. You're supposed to be steering. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> ah, I just can't believe we're in Bournemouth today and we shall be in Cairo on Friday. What time do we get there? Well, we leave here tomorrow at 8 o'clock, spend the night in Augusta, and we shall be in Cairo about tea time on Friday. It seems so awful quick. Oh, don't worry. It's all very luxurious and the safest houses are... Hello. What is it? There's that launch again. Uh, which one do you mean? You know, the chap with the binoculars. Oh, yes. He's still using them. We must look a very edifying couple. I don't believe the blight has taken his eyes off us. <laughs> I say, he's coming awfully near. Why the darn fool? What's he trying to do? Darling! It's all right, Steve. Just stay still. Don't move. The darn fool nearly had us over. He did it deliberately. Paulie, he, he must have done it deliberately. You all right? Yes, but I... Oh, ah, short. I thought we'd had it. If he'd been a yard nearer, we should have. Mind that rope, Steve. Change over to the other side, dear. I'll take over. He's turning. He's coming back. I should think if he's got any manners, he'll come back and apologise. Paul, I, I don't like this. It's all right, Steve. Don't be silly. He won't do it again. He's probably pretty shamefaced about it. Lie down. Lie down. Paul. Lie down, Steve. He's trying to capsize us. He's doing it deliberately. Paul. Paul. You? Where are you, darling? Oh, I, 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 I'm over here. Oh, 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 over the other side. I've, I've got hold of the boat. Hang on. Coming. Oh, oh good girl. Here, get hold of the rope. It's all right. Can you hold on? Yes. I think so. Don't let go, Steve. Oh, he did it deliberately. He saw what happened. If he hadn't done it deliberately, then he'd have come back. Yes. Yes, don't talk, Steve. Did you see him? The man in the boat, I mean. I couldn't see his face. He held the binoculars up. Paul, what's behind all this? Why should we suddenly... Steve, watch out. Be careful. What are we going to do? Well, I either have to hold on here until someone comes and rescues us, or try to swim for it. There's a boat. There's a boat, Steve. Where? Over there. Look. He's seen us. He's seen us. Has he? Yes. Yes, you're right. Oh, good man. Good man. Come on. Come on. Come on. One more. One more. Oh, oh, that's it. Oh. Thank you. Are you all right, Steve? Yes, thank you, dear. These little tubs are pretty tricky to handle, you know. You shouldn't go out of them unless you know how. I, I say, you're the people I bumped into last night in the hotel. Why? 
Yes, of course. Well, I'm dashed. <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't recognise you. It's not surprising. Well, look here. In view of the fact that we're going to see quite a bit of each other, I think it's about time we introduced ourselves, don't you? My name is Darwin. Harold Darwin. Uh, would you mind opening the case, madam? Uh, the small case? If you please, madam. Thank you. Yes, all right. Pass along, please. Thank you. Are these yours, sir? Yes. I'd like to see in this one, sir. Have you got the key, darling? Yes, but there's absolutely nothing in it. Have you got it? the key, Steve? Thanks. Hmm. Is this a camera? Yes, it's a Cine, 16mm. I've got the receipt for it, if you'd like to see it. No, that's all right. Thanks. Is this your case, sir? Yes. Is there anything in it other than personal belongings? Pound notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we'll have a look at it. It's all right. It's only a gag, old boy. I say, look out. You're emptying everything all over the place. It's all right. It's only a gag, old boy. Mr Temple? Yes? My name is Baker, sir. Uh, Bournemouth Dispatch. I'm covering the Raymond murder, sir, and I was wondering if you'd be good enough... I'm sorry, Mr Baker. I realise you're in a hurry, sir, but if you could just give me a brief outline of the... Sorry, Mr Baker. How long, Steve? The launch is waiting. Well, are you excited, Mrs. Temple? Yes, Mr. Darwin, I am rather. <laughs> we shall be alongside the flying boat in a moment. Yes. I say these flying boats are pretty impressive looking, aren't they? What class is this? High? No, sir. It's a Plymouth. I wouldn't mind a cigarette now, sir. Uh, can't we smoke on board? Not until we're born, sir. Then it's okay. Oh, oh I see. Thanks. Always better to be on the safe side. Yes, ma'am. It's quite choppy on the water, isn't it? I I'm really surprised it looks so calm. Is this your first trip, my dear? Well, in a flying boat, yes. Mine too. As a matter of fact, I've never been up before. Well, there's no need to be nervous, Mum. Oh, I'm not nervous. I'm a wee bit anxious, perhaps. <laughs> Did you read about that murder in Bournemouth the night before last? Yes, I saw something about it. I was staying in the same hotel. In the same hotel, Mark, you. Here we are, darling. Give me your hand, Mrs. Temple. Uh, wait a moment, please. Hello, Perry. How's tricks? Can't grumble, old boy. Watch your step. Go on, darling. Give me your hand. That's it. Thank you. Next, please. Any more for the Skylark? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I must say it's really quite cosy. And there seems to be every possible convenience. Oh, is my handbag in your way at all? No, no, that's quite all right. Where's Mr. Darwin? There he is, further along, in the next cabin. Oh, hello there. <laughs> hello. Are we off? Not yet. Hello, what's this? Oh, it's your belt, Miss, um... Fraser. It's your belt, Miss Fraser. Belt? Yes. You can just put it round you and... That's it. Oh. 
your belts, please. Oh, we're off. We're leaving the water. No, we're not. Not yet. Oh, dear. My tummy. Could I trouble you for my handbag, please? Yes, of course. I've got some... Oh, somewhere. Oh, here we are. Would you like a lozenge, my dear? No, thank you, Miss Fraser. No. No, thank you. They're peppermints. That was the first episode of the Francis Darbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery, with Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve. Others taking part were Richard Greenwood, Eliza Langland, Michael McKenzie, Lucy Patterson, Greg Powery and Nick Underwood. The production was by Patrick Rayner. You get the feeling those peppermints could be of some significance, but who knows?